Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. Guys, this is going to be a fun episode. Um, If you're a podcaster, you definitely need to listen to this. The gentleman I have on had me on his podcast and we had such a good time. I had to have him on. Um, my, my friend Jared is doing an amazing thing in the podcast world. He's also a brother in Christ, which I'm very grateful. He's a hockey lover. Uh, we got so much to talk about today. Jared, my brother, how are you today? Richard, what's, what's up? Dude, yeah. I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate you a lot. And we, you were on my podcast in February. Um and yeah, it's good to be here, man. I appreciate, bro. I loved your last episode with Sean. Truly amazing. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, have you uh, met him? Uh, I haven't, but I'd like to get in touch with him. You know, because because we're all on the same wavelength. You know. Yeah, yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah, he uh, he like just won like a a, a podcast award too, or something. Oh, really? So, yeah, recently. Yeah, he's he's killing it, man. He's crushing it. You know, I was on your podcast, the Louder Than Now podcast. It's yeah. really amazing. Uh, Thanks, man. Oh, of course, man. You know, and I'm so grateful that we're friends and uh, thankful that you're a brother in Christ. So that's the most important thing to me anyway. Yeah, so, for sure. A little bit about you, you know, where you where you were born and what little Jared was like as a little kid. What were you like? Oh, that's a great question, man. What was I like as a little kid? Um, we're going to hop back and we're going to hop in the way back machine because I always like, I want to get to know the man behind the microphone. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we only see um, topical stuff and we don't really go deep. And now I've been called the Joe Rogan of GI Joe's. So I guess <laughs> I have to go deep. You're killing it, man. You got two podcasts. Um, so this is the vertical momentum one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's an excellent question. And, you know, it's uh, a very good question because we are formed and shaped by childhood. You know, I mean, everybody is. And I think for me as a kid, I was, um, I don't know, I was a lot of things, man. <laughs> um, I think the first thing was just very curious and um, very happy a lot. Um, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I, I, I was always kind of seeking to be sort of the center of attention. And um, I loved being on stage. I loved speaking. I loved being in front of people. I loved um, making people laugh. Um, I was very involved in lots of things. I grew up playing ice hockey which was a real huge blessing to be able to play it competitively just because, you know, it's a huge, this is Colorado. So hockey is fairly big there. And so who, who were your teams growing up? Well, I was definitely an avalanche fan for sure. I lived in Minnesota before Colorado. So it was probably a little bit of a, like, you know, Minnesota sports teams. First baseball game I ever went to was the twins, but yeah, Colorado avalanche was my team. Cause that was, when I was playing hockey, that's when they were, um, you know, they won the Stanley Cup in 96, which was the first season I played. And uh, and then I liked all of the college teams, too. My dad and I would go to 
um, Denver Pioneers and Colorado College, and and then yes. I got. Yeah, and I got my wife. You know, we live in in um, in New York, New Jersey area. Yeah. So she's a Rangers fan, and I'm a Devils fan. So it's oh, there you go. We're a house divided. You know, my guy, yeah. my guy, number thirty. You know, yeah, we, we won fun. some cups. Nice. Her guy, oh, yeah. thirty, didn't win any cups. So I'm oh just, yeah, yeah. The Devils back in the day, man. Martin Brodeur was like one of the best goalies of all time, and. Um, yeah, it, it's funny now because I live in LA, I'm, I, I've been to Ducks games, which is Anaheim, you know, and then there's the Kings, everybody knows the Kings, but, um, I haven't really been a huge fan of the California teams. I, I think I like the Golden Knights. That's my favorite team right now. Yeah. <laughs> is, they're, they're, and they're very new. They're like the newest team in the league. They're only three years old. Yeah. So. And I love their uniform. So. Uh, um, but yeah, hockey was a blessing. You know, it's kind of a double-edged. It was like felt like there was always two sides to me. I mean, one was this curious, happy, making people laugh kid. You know, I was always doing plays at church and in school, and and then yeah, you know, musical theater in junior high. And I was just like, man, I want to be an actor someday. The, you know, that'd be so cool. And um, and then in high school, I got into like making videos and like recording things and learning how to edit. So it was kind of more and I was always watching movies and shows. But um, but yeah, there was also just this other side to me that, um, you know, I didn't have the best relationship with my dad. Um, he was pretty much undiagnosed bipolar himself. So he had a lot of issues with yelling and he, he drank and, um, and I know that's a lot of people's stories, you know, where it's like, man, you, you have one parent that's like, my mom was great. And then my dad was kind of awful. <laughs> and so um, I, that definitely did um, impact me. And it definitely, I had a lot of, um, I think I, I did feel a lot of depression and anxiety and loneliness. I think, when all of that, um, all of the attention getting and all of the stimulation from people and creativity and laughter faded away, you know, it's like we're all, um, you know, sometimes it's like who you really are is who you are when no one's around, right? People have always say that. It's like who you are when it, when it's just, you're just in your room, <laughs> you know, you're like, what are you thinking about? So, um, now, when, like when I was alone, you know, when I, I was growing up, I think we talked about it on your show. Yeah. Uh, the way that I dealt with abuse and stuff like that was I, I became a reader. I became a voracious reader. Yeah, that's right. And I, yeah. You know, I've read over 5,000 books now. But um, so what was some of the things that was it being outgoing? Is that what kind of kept you sane? I would say at that, at that point in time. Is yeah. That, for, is that your go-to? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do think TV and movies, I was not a reader. I, I didn't start reading until after high school. Um, I had a really hard time focusing on anything uh, like that. So, um, uh, yeah, for sure. I think movies and shows. And then I think just I was really close with the guys I went to church with. We, we grew up in kind of a big church. And um, we all kind of went to different schools. And um, yeah, from the time I was like nine, 10 years old, we moved to this, this church in, in Loveland, Colorado. 
and um, all the way through high school, I mean, almost 10 years really of um, doing everything together. And we got in, you know, we got in a lot of trouble together. We all went to, you know, homecoming and proms together and, um, you know, all just, you know, it was just church life. It was like going to camps, you know, winter and summer going on mission trips. So, yeah, I think I used my uh, friends as a way to sort of deal with um, everything that was going on. It was kind of an escape. It was like. So what kind of student were you in high school? What kind of student? Yeah. Um. I was okay. I, I don't know how I got through school, man. I, I was so ADD and I got kicked out of class a lot because of um, just being a distraction, like being a class clown, just being funny. And I, I think I was a smart kid. I think I was very intuitive and intelligent, but I just like, I had a hard time doing the work. So like when, when I had my English classes, I did like to write. Writing was always something that came natural to me, but I, I was a really bad reader and I, and I just couldn't really, I just I had such a hard time like reading stuff. So, so um, maybe you were like the complete opposites. <laughs> I was yeah. a reader, but yeah. I can't write for crap. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote my book, I didn't do, do any editing on purpose. And right. I was comments like, uh, are you retarded? And I'm like, uh, no, I kind of missed those days of uh, yeah. what I goes before E and, yeah, all, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, you're not alone. Lots of people who are writers are not always the best. Like, we're not always good at editing or, like, grammar. We just have more of a, a, of a, a gift of just kind of getting it all out on paper, you know? So most people aren't their own spell check editor grammarly people you know <laughs> now there's all these all these tools and then yeah and i i always had heard people being like oh if you read a lot you'll be a better writer you know because you're you're learning how you're learning new words you're learning vocabulary you're watching sentence structure so the more you read the more you write but that's not always true some people just hate writing but they love to read and you, you know, know I interviewed a guy named Steve, Steve Sims, and, you know, he's a six-figure earner, and he has a best-selling book, and they told him that he needed a ghostwriter for his book, and when the book came out and it had to be edited, he's like, his wife read it and said, this does not sound like you at all, so they scrapped the whole thing, and he wrote it by himself, so sometimes, you know, if if you're a person like me, that, you know, like when I read a book, I want it to sound like the person that actually wrote the book. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It just takes practice. Um, I I've been kind of working on trying to put my story out on paper. Um, and so, yeah, it's a slow process, but yeah, I read your book, man. And I was good, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's awesome to, you know, I think nowadays there's so many different, ways to communicate you know there's podcasts and there's videos and um hopefully people still read you know so <laughs> now did you, now did yeah. you go to college yeah i did um i went to like a religious like bible school um in kansas city and uh i went right after high school and um it was pretty unique um because it was a 24 7 um, 
prayer and worship place. So there was like constantly worship and prayer going on. And then they had a school and then they had like internships. Um, and I, <laughs> this is, this is like, it's not hard to explain, but this is like so strange every time it's such a strange answer, but it's like, um, <clears throat> I chose to do the, uh, night watch, the graveyard shift, you know, like midnight to 6am. <laughs> so I literally stayed up all night, uh, would sleep from like 7am to like, you know, 3pm, which, um, is not good for your mental health at all. I mean, you know, it's one thing to be a person who stays up late and then kind of sleeps in. I mean, that's that 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 can be a lot of people. Um, but normally, our bodies do best to sleep from, you know, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. or whatever. You know, that's the most ideal time to sleep. So, um, I did that. And I did it for three straight years from 18 to almost 22. But what was the goal? What was the, the end goal for you to go to a Christian college? Yeah, um, I, had a, I did have a huge passion for ministry, um, for preaching, for teaching the word, um, for youth, for just um, <clears throat> the church I had been involved in. I was just talking about earlier, the, my, my group of friends. Um, uh, yeah, I just... we. I had a real passion for ministry, even at a young age. Um, and I think some of it just came from um, my parents uh, were in ministry for a little bit when I was born. They started their own church and my mom used to like speak at the church. And um, so I think it was just kind of just naturally in me. Um, but I really felt like I loved God and I wanted to help people um grow in their relationship with God. And so that was, yeah, that was the goal. The goal was to, um, you know, try to like work at a church or just do something with ministry. And um, yeah, that, that ended up becoming, I originally went out there to do an internship and I did that for six months. And then uh, I got pretty hooked by just the people and the relationships and the friendships. And then my parents had moved to California while I was there um could they, they left colorado so i was kind of like well i don't want to go you know i i kind of just kind of want to stay and so the 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 way to stay was to kind of do more education and do school um so how did you end up out in california well what happened was i had a breakdown a mental breakdown after about three years of doing this night schedule in October, 2007, I was almost 22. My birthday's in November and um, I had a really bad panic attack. I think just the stress of what I was putting my body through um, was catching up with me. So my panic attack led to like racing thoughts, just psychosis. I couldn't sleep after like three or four days then it turned into a week. So after about seven days, um, everybody in my family was really concerned um, and people that were with me in Kansas City. And um, I decided to just fly home to be with my family in California. So what, long story short is I had, I had an episode. I snapped out of it after like six months. I went back to Kansas City. I went right back to normal. I finished school. And then I had the same episode happen again a year later 
and so then I went back to California like a second time and I ended up staying for like two years. Then I went back to Kansas city to do more ministry stuff for a few years. Then I had another episode um, because I had gotten off a bunch of meds and that ended up being like the worst time of life. And then I decided to move to California permanently um, in 2013. And I've been here ever since. So how did you start? Um, because, you know, I'm a big mental health advocate. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, I'm a big, you know, veterans advocate. And I think a lot of the times, um, including myself, so, not, not, you know, um, I've fallen off the track because there were certain medicines that I were taking and I decided to get off of them and I wasn't feeling quite right. So mm-hmm. tell us about how you decided to, um, cause I love a comeback story. Yeah. So, you know, tell me how you started to come back and what, what were some of the steps you took to start getting healthier mentally? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, Well, yeah, I guess a little bit of backstory. I had this episode in 2013. It lasted eight months. And what really was hard about it was um, suicidal thoughts all the time, every day, all day. I had never gone to the hospital in previous episodes. So I was in the hospital. Then I was in California and it was just me and my mom. And so I had a couple of suicide attempts. Um, and that was really scary for everybody. And, um, uh, at the end of this eight month time, which I just came up on the eight year anniversary, it was May, the first week of May of 2013. I tried to overdose. I ended up in a coma for three days and this church in Pomona, California, where I live now, um, prayed for me for like four straight hours and I came out of the coma the day they prayed um, and I didn't have any brain damage or memory loss. So that was, <clears throat> I, I, I believe in God. I believe that was God saving my life for sure, showing me mercy. But then um, it, I spent five months in the hospital. So that was really when things started to turn around. Um, <clears throat> and it took some time. Uh, the first thing was really... Uh, the medicine part was a huge component. Um, and I do believe that that can be the case for a lot of people. Um, although there's, there's lots of ways to treat bipolar and depression and anxiety. And so for me, I just, uh, I met a really good doctor in there and he, he made some adjustments. And after about 30 days, I, I've, I started feeling back to myself for like the first time in like nine months. Um, yeah, I really had to, I think because I had so much time in such a kind of, I I mean, it wasn't like a completely stress-free environment, but it was pretty chill, you know, like all day, every day I was like reading books and journaling and like watching movies, you know, and like going outside and watching people smoke and selling my cigarettes for quarters and, you know, like talking to people on the phone, you know, there wasn't really a lot going on and, you know, eating at the same time every day and and you get on this kind of rhythm. So I I had a lot of time. I think when I look back at that season to really dig deep inside of myself and um, uh, there was a lot of acceptance. I think before I wasn't 
fully accepting my situation. And I think also is just taking responsibility, like owning my life. Like, Hey, I chose to get off medication and that was a bad decision. And that's part of the reason why I just went through this really like hell on earth time. What am I going to do now? You know, like what, what, what am I going to do with my life now? And it's really in my hands. I mean, I, I, I think there's elements to mental illness that's not your fault and that's not completely in your control. Um, but you still have to uh, take responsibility for your life, you know, and you and I talked about that when you were on my podcast about taking responsibility. And then that's just a huge theme. So that started to really, really sink in deep. Um, and I think I just, I just started to connect with people again and like be myself again and like read my Bible again. And I just, I came out of it, man. And I, I didn't think that that was possible. Like I, I just, I was so stuck for so many months thinking, um, and that that's hopelessness, right? It's like that lie that says you can't, you know, you won't get better. You, you're just going to be in this forever. I think so many people have been there and relate to that. And, um, hopefully people who are listening who might, um, it's just, it, it so much change can happen, you know? So those are some of the things that took place in that time. And then later as months passed, after I got out of the hospital, I moved to Pomona, I became a part of a church. I did like a year long discipleship program. Um, and I really just, I started over with friends and relationships. Um, I didn't really have friends, you know, I, I had a lot of people that um, were close to me in Kansas city, but I was really starting over with my life. Um, and that was, you know, just took time. It took time to um, be around people, connect with people again. Um, and I had to do a lot of work with just the practical side of things like diet, exercise, going to see the doctor. Like I, I got a really good psychiatrist. And then I started doing therapy too for the first time. And that was something I think that was kind of missing in those earlier years. And, you know, we, as we talked on my, on your show, um, you know, I've been in therapy now for 11 years. Yeah. And, but so I think, you know, um, and, and if people don't like the word therapy, um, I like the word coaches and, you know, even coaches have coaches, you know, and even like some of the greatest athletes in the world, they want to be coached. They want to be coached up. So if, you, if anybody has a negative connotation about therapist, just call them your coach and everybody needs a coach in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, nowadays, because um, Richard, aren't you a coach? I am a coach, but I I, I, I even forget about it because I don't really talk about <laughs> it much, but I do yeah. coach. But, you know, I, I have I've been actually thinking about there's it recently um, only because. Uh, I really want to help people. And I, I do do speaking events with NAMI and, and the National Alliance of Mental Illness. And um, that's it's a little bit like coaching people, kind of. I mean, I'm really just sharing my story like I'm sharing my story with you right now, you know, um, and telling people like, hey, you'll get through it, you know. But, uh, um, but yeah, I, there is 
nowadays there's lots of coaching and sometimes coaching is just not, um, it's not like a professional, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to like be educated to be a coach. I mean, you do go through training. I mean, you would know better than me. Um, but yeah, I think people, we just need something, you know, we need someone with some wisdom and some life experience. I mean, therapy is a little bit more relevant if you're, um, if you have a mental health, a mental illness diagnosis and you're like taking medication, um, I'm not saying a coach can't help you with that, but, um, you, you probably would need a little bit more yeah. professional anyway. So well, now how did you get into podcasting? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it's kind of a funny story. I, um, I had been doing speaking events uh, from about 2015, 2016. And then I took about a two year, two and a half year break from doing anything related to like talking about my mental health other than just going to the doctor myself because I was traveling a lot for my job. And there was a suicide that happened a pastor here in California. Uh, and it really, really just was really sad. I mean, it's sad anytime it happens. Um, and I was on an airplane and I felt like God uh, was speaking to me about like, I was thinking about that. And then I had this long flight. It's like a three hour flight. And I just started writing down. Um, I felt like God was like, you need to start talking about this stuff again you need to start talking about your story um so i got the idea for louder now as the name of it and i started out making some videos um and then uh, about after like six months of thinking about it i um my roommate just one night he had a podcast himself and he was like hey uh let's just record something and i thought he meant like me record on his podcast or something <laughs> I, I didn't think he met me do a podcast for myself so that's how it started we just did an episode together and he helped me um kind of co-host the first like 12 episodes and we just did it every week and you know released it and then um i've had a couple of different breaks just because of my own mental health um but yeah probably since about august september um I had a break last summer because I was going through a bunch of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been going strong. And I, I, it, it's, um, yeah, I really just started it because, uh, yeah, I like, I feel like it, it does a lot of different things. I mean, one is it forces me, I think, to study and kind of read and like be aware of like this conversation and all the different things people are out there talking about. And then I, I'm always wanting to learn, too, because there's just obviously so much I don't know still. I mean, I know a lot because of my own experience, but I like interviewing people. Everybody has a story. Everybody's different. Um, but yet there's lots of similarities when people are sharing, right? There's lots of like, hey, I had trauma in my life and this is the way I dealt with it or I had this, you know, um, and so... Uh, yeah, I've really just been, I feel like I'm still just kind of getting started. I'm still kind of learning even after two years. Um, now, how I, many episodes do you have out? Uh, about 53. Okay. You know, yeah. 
because yeah. you know I've been you know I've been in the game a little while. I'm still learning. Um, that's why I talk to gentlemen like you. Mm-hmm. Gentleman, I just released his episode a couple minutes ago. His name is Maxwell Ivy. He's actually a blind podcaster, and now wow. he's a four-time author, a blogger, and he's a world-renowned speaker. So I love to get people's perspectives. Yeah, you know, even though I have two hundred and like two hundred and sixty episodes in, I'm still learning and trying to learn. So um, is that between the two podcasts? Between the two, yeah. Yeah, gosh, it's so much. Yeah. Well, yeah, one of the things that I haven't really done a lot of is like shorter episodes. Um, so I'm kind of thinking about doing a little bit more of that uh, uh, after uh, May because May has been like mental health month. So I'm, I've been releasing lots of interviews this month. And um, yeah, but it, it, it's it's just it's inspiring. It's amazing what people can accomplish and do, you know, when you look at, um, and it's obviously, it's not just about numbers, right? It's not like, Oh, I have 500 episodes. You know, it's, it's about trying to just quality content, you know, like good stuff, like good conversations, real vulnerable, honest. I don't know if you know this though, you know, um, the average podcast doesn't last up to eight episodes. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. I feel like, in, in these Facebook groups that we're in, um, people post stuff like that. And you're like, well, that makes sense because you get going, you feel like you have an idea, and then maybe you just feel like you run out of stuff to say after like six, ep- seven episodes, and you're just kind of like, oh, well, oh, that kind of just died, I guess. And I think, you know what it is? I think also people don't realize that being a podcaster, it's work. You know, oh, sure. you know sure. you're finding guests, you're interviewing them, you're editing, um, you're posting to all these different groups. It's a lot of work. And I think that's why a lot of people don't last till episode eight. You know, there's over two million podcasts out there and only 50 percent of them are active. Yeah, well, that's a million people are, are at it. Yeah. And I think also to the pandemic um you know when you look at like when people started their podcast lots of people i think were forced to uh especially those first few months um we're just all at home right we're all like binge watching netflix or binge listening to podcasts or whatever um and i think a lot of people it forced them to uh to, to just get on it, to be like, Hey, I have all this time. I'm in front of my computer. Like, why not? Let's just start recording. <laughs> you know, what I mean? so probably like forced a lot of people, but yeah, it, it does take, I mean, I think the most important thing is you just got to do it because you like it and you enjoy it. It's a passion. Um, it's just, it's, it's in our nature to get caught up in numbers. And obviously I think you want to see it grow. That's cool. Um, and you, you know, and, and people are motivated by money. Obviously you can make money podcasting with advertisements and sponsors. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've just been motivated to just try to make an impact on people and try to obviously use my influence for good, you know, and I, I think you're probably in the same category yeah. as me with really, that. So uh, I don't make any money off of it and it's all done on purpose. You know, I have 20 different sponsors and none of them pay a, a bit of it. 
because I'm helping promote their business. So I don't make a penny off of anything I do with the podcast or my t-shirts speaking. I don't make any money off of it. And this way people know it's authentic. It's coming from a place of love because I'm not making any money on it. So they don't feel like they're being taken for a ride, you know? So now that you're 50, 53 episodes in, what are some things that you wish you would have known before you started your podcast? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think probably the most important thing is just trying to do the work to like have a plan, you know, like a, a, as good as possible of a plan of like, this is what I want this to be about. And this is where I want to go. And I feel like I still kind of struggle with that a little bit. Cause it's like, mental health is such a broad subject, you know? Um, but I think the other thing too, is just kind of the, like having like a, a promotion plan or like having a website. I have like a pod page website, which is, which is better than nothing. Um, but yeah, if I feel like I wish two years ago, I would have been like, man, I need to have kind of a, a little bit of a, I, I do a better job now of like, using like headliner and posting on audiogram and posting it on Twitter and LinkedIn and all these different places. But at the beginning, I wasn't very good at that. Um, you know, so, so now, uh, okay. You know, cause I'm a big guy. I'm a big on LinkedIn. I have almost 25,000 connections. I love oh, it. Oh, um, so a lot of people, you know, that I've talked to, they're like, well, how do you find guests to come on your show? So tell us your secret to finding guests to come on your show. Um, you know, most of it uh, has been because of Facebook. It has been through these Facebook groups. Um, these, uh, the face. Well, there's a, there's a couple of Facebook groups out there that are dedicated to just. I think it's like be a guest, find a guest or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's other groups that are more general, like, you know, asking like technical questions. So um, I would say 90% of the guests have been through Facebook and just putting my name out there and being like, Hey, I'm looking for guests. I'm looking for people who, and anytime I see anybody post anything, on like mental health or addiction, I usually jump on those comments and I'm like, Oh, would you be interested in being a guest? And, and then, um, yeah, the other 10% has just come from like people I do speaking events with, with NAMI national Alliance of mental illness. I've had a, a few of those people on, and, um, that's actually a pretty big pool of people to draw from. There's over like 70 presenters. Now, what is that again? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So NAMI is a nonprofit uh, organization. It stands for National Alliance of Mental Illness. And um, it's all over the nation. And in and it's in, I think, most major cities. And they have a lot of educational resources. They have classes you can take. Um, they have one class called family to family, which is basically like, you know, you're, you're, uh, a parent and you're supporting someone who's going through a diagnosis 
and you're just trying to get information on like how to help them. Then they have peer support groups where you can go and sit around and um, talk to other people who struggle. Uh, and then they have lots of just educational resources. Um, and then they have a couple of different programs. One's called Ending the Silence and another one's called In Our Own Voice. And those are two programs I'm a part of where I have the opportunity to speak and share my story, kind of like I'm doing on this podcast with you, um, in a real structured way to parents, to family to family classes, to hospitals, um, to students, to teachers. Uh, and then I do, I do two different programs, um, Ending the Silence and then In Our Own Voice. So I've met a lot of people in the last two years doing that um, who, who are just like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. So, <laughs> um, it's really, really fun, man. It's one of the fun. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's an amazing opportunity that I have to, to be able to talk and share and get questions from people, um, answer people's questions, you know, like get, tell my story, um, help people, inspire people. Um, it really, it brings me a lot of joy. Um, for sure. All right. So then I got a, qu a question from one of the viewers or, you know, um, they want to know how, you know, a lot of times podcasters, like I'm going to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm going to yeah. promote on like 10 different platforms, but a lot of times the people that a lot of people want to go on the podcast, but mm -hmm. never want to promote the episode that they were on. Oh, so, right. So then how do you go about, getting the people that you've had on your show promote their own episode? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like people have also asked that in these Facebook groups a lot. That comes up a lot. I feel like, like once a week, somebody <laughs> asked that question. Um, you know what? I don't really have like a super strict, like plan. Honestly, I, 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 I I kind of just assume the best with people and I'm like, Hey, uh, would you please promote this? You know, here's the link. Um, here's a graphic I made for you. Um, could you please share this on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook? And, um, most people have, uh, shared it. Um, I, I think probably the best thing is, I mean, believing in people is not a bad thing. Um, that's an optimistic trait, I guess, that I have. But um, I think probably just clear communication is really the best way to handle it. Like on the front end, part of what you're asking them to do is obviously provide value for the show with their story, with their expertise, but also um, to grow the audience, right? So I think just trying to be clear on the front end uh and, and be like, hey, um, when the show is published, uh, could you please, you know, put this on your social media? You know, that would be really, really helpful. Uh, that way people kind of, I don't know, I mean, maybe they, they'd say no if they knew that they needed to promote it. You know what I mean? So um, that's probably what I need to do a better job of. I, I just haven't had too many bad experiences yet, <laughs> yet you know. So, um what do you think? What do you do? Oh, well, like I said, I just, you know, for me, I don't know if you noticed it before. Now I just, you know, like once we've talked on my show or I've been on your show, 
that is when the relationship just begins. And, you know, and I'll start commenting on your posts and promoting you because now we have a bond. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's where I'm a lot of people, you know, like if we come on our show, you know, I have somebody on my show. I connect with them on Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, everywhere I can and and start showing interest in their life. Not because I want something, because I want to build a relationship because, you know, I believe in, you know, relationship capital and I believe that relationships are everything in life. So, you know, for me, like you coming on the show today is just the beginning of our relationship. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, sure. So that's, you know, and I've learned that, you know, that's what I, like I said, I just talked to Max about that today. And we were talking about that same thing about building relationships and you know like i only have a ninth grade dropout and i think we've talked about that before but here i am i'm able to talk to people like yourself you know i'm able to talk to max i'm able to talk to people that are eight and nine figure earners i'm able to get an mba in business and it's free and i get to have these people come on my show and i can ask them whatever i want so i'm actually learning from every episode you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure you're learning a lot from the episodes that you do also, right? Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. I mean, every time, every interview, I mean, and, and every time I do something solo, um, though I haven't done as much of that recently. Yeah. Every time. I mean, there's just, um, you know, I like to use the word humility, right? Like just keeps me humble. Um, and I think also just feeds the empathy and the compassion of just recognizing like people's stories. And, uh, you know, you kind of talk about well, you call yourself the comeback coach, right? Which is awesome, but that's what it is. I mean, lots of these people have comeback stories of, Hey, I endured ABCDEFG and now, um, you know, I'm writing books and I got a podcast and I'm coaching people and, um, you know, that, that's not like everybody, uh, not everybody goes that direction, right? Like not everybody gets the help that they need and then puts themselves in a position where they can give back. So I, I feel every time I talk to people, I'm, I'm learning something new and, and I'm. said you do a lot of writing. Have you written a book? Have you, what do you got? Not, well. Published anything published? No, I have a blog with a lot of poetry. Um, I have two blogs, but one I need to change the name to because it's – I started a blog for the Louder Now. Um, yeah, I've been working on a book. I did a book writing challenge a couple months ago, and um, I wasn't able to really get everything written out that I wanted to. So uh, uh, I am kind of just working on – starting over a little bit and <laughs> trying to, I wanted to write like a memoir of my story. Um, even though I've written some articles and some blog posts where I've definitely had uh, my story in there, but I wanted to kind of put it kind of like what you did with your book, you know, like a, just your story, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I don't have anything published yet. Okay. So now where do we find your podcast? What is the name of your podcast? Is For it sure. On, and what uh, platforms is it on? So it is on Spotify, Apple, um, Amazon, 
and um, Google Podcasts. I think also CastBox. Um, and yeah, those are the main ones. And it's called Louder Now. Uh, I think I've titled it Louder Now Jared Deals, so it's easier to find. D-I-E-H-L. Um, but yeah, I can send you a link to for you to put in your show notes that's got a link to all my stuff because i have youtube channel um yeah blog and then a facebook group and and then the, the podcast so i love it um now last question that i ask everybody and you know i i ask a thousand people i get a thousand different answers <laughs> we live in a in a crazy world you know we're still in the middle of covid um we got grandparents homeschooling kids we got, you know, parents out there driving Uber just to put food in their kids' mouths. So if I ask the average person to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely. So if somebody is struggling with their mental health, and then you could also do the same thing with the podcast. We'll do it two ways. But if somebody is struggling with their mental health, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to get some help? Um, so the question is, I like what you said. You said um, it, it's harder to have an actionable step in the, the next seven days, but what can you do in the next 24 hours when it comes to your mental health? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. Um, the first step I think anyone should take is reaching out to someone and to be real specific what that means. I don't just mean like text someone that you haven't texted in a while, like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, part of it, I guess. Uh, but reach out to someone that you trust and that um, you, you can, if you feel safe talking to, um, I think everyone has at least one of those people in their life and start by bringing whatever's in the dark, you know, into the light. And, and uh, I don't mean like tell that person everything, but um, tell them what's going on. And, and, and I think you will instantly feel much better um, I mean, you, you still can struggle after that, but you probably will struggle less knowing that someone else around you knows. And, you know, if you're a person of faith, I think you can ask for prayer for that from that person to pray for you, too. And um, maybe you can do that over the phone with them or meet them in person. But I, I think the first step is just reaching out for help. And, um, you know, if it's if it's also if you're also in a situation where you might need to see a doctor um, because you, you're having symptoms and they've been lasting for a while. Then, you know, I would put that on part of that too, but, but definitely reach out to a friend for sure. Okay. So now um, what would you, if somebody, you know, because sometimes like you said, you get burnt out when you're doing podcasts and, and then you, people quit and, and I, and I, you know, and I always tell people, you know, don't quit before the miracle happens. 
you know, so if somebody is struggling with their podcast and they want to quit, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to feel revitalized again? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I think maybe just some self-reflection, like sit down and journal, um, like do, do an exercise of gratitude too. like write down what you're grateful for, write down how doing the podcast has helped you and has, you know, I would say put you in a better place because of the podcast, but also then maybe reevaluate and brainstorm. Um, like we had said earlier, like just why are you, why are you doing the podcast in the first place? Like, what's the point? Um, what's your motivation for doing it? Because it is a lot of work and it is time consuming. Um, and it's always kind of hard to like, you know, you don't always get feedback from people. So it's kind of hard to know, you know, what's, what's helping people or not, you know? So um, I would say an exercise in like self-awareness where you just write down what, um, you know, I guess trying to just like reevaluate the vision, you know, like I think we all go through that where time just goes by and we're like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, you know, maybe you never did that in the first place. So you just kind of started it, um, which is fine. But yeah, I would say something like that, like just um, and then maybe try to find something that inspires you. I think everybody has podcasts and speakers and people. I listen to a lot of different stuff um, and then I have a stack of books that are all, you know, I've started and need to finish. Um, so try to just find something that inspires you too. Uh, Cause I hear a really good podcast and I'm like, man, I want to be like, I want to be myself, but I want to be like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so you got I thought yeah. like, I find, you know, I listen to a lot of pad podcasts on self-improvement, self-development. You know, I'm a big Ed Milet guy. He's my, my man. And um, that's somebody that I try to um, emulate myself. But now I don't normally ask everybody, but because I know you're a brother in Christ, I want to ask this question. Um, you know, they say that if if you don't feel close to God, it was you that moved. Um, he's always the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. So if somebody is fe not feeling as close to God as they used to, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to uh, get that relationship back with, with God again? Yeah, uh, man, these are great questions. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that on a podcast, <laughs> which is awesome. Um <laughs> That's why I'm different, brother. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Well, not everybody is a faith person that I'm talking to, so to be fair, but um, which is fine, you know. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate that question. Um, you know, I, I think there's a scripture that's like, seek the Lord while he may be found, or um, I think there's another verse that's like, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Um, and, and it's interesting when you phrase it that way, because it's it sounds like it's kind of putting the the responsibility on the purse on us the human instead of on God <laughs> you know like 
God's capable of doing anything, anytime, any day of the week, right? God can overwhelm us with his love and his presence, with provision, with miracles, with healing. Um, I mean, look, I came out of a coma and no one thought I was going to wake up, right? That was a divine intervention. But it happened because people prayed, right? Like people did something. So um, I would say the first the, the thing to do is to just fast a little bit, like fast distractions, um, maybe fast media or just whatever's kind of cluttering your mind because with technology, with phones, with all these things, there's so much noise. And I think if you can just try to sit with God for 10 minutes, you know, and meditate and, um, pray, like pray over yourself to feel something from God again, be like, God, it's been a while. I, you know, just kind of get aggressive. Like if it's a plan, a sport, you know, like get aggressive. Like you want the ball, you want to, you want to win. Like we can do that. I think with God, he's not afraid of us um, demanding of him to, to, to be in our lives. Um, And I think something will happen Sometimes it's what's hard is that we base things off of how we feel, right? Instead of faith, because faith isn't always a feeling. Um, but but I do believe God wants to encounter us in our emotions, you know. And He He does. So yeah, that that'd be that's what I would say. And I, I'm preaching to myself because I feel like I need to do that too. Or I'm like. Yep, and I believe that he'll meet you where you're at. You know what I mean? For sure. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much, guys. If you're listening to this, definitely check out the Louder Now podcast. It was probably one of my best podcast episodes ever. I had so much fun. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, it was amazing. You know, I've been on hundreds of shows, and (laughs) it was amazing. Um, Wow. Our sponsor for today um his name is jim malinelli and he has a company called done right resume so if anybody wants a resume to actually get a job not just to he'll actually make it where he actually wrote my did my resume and i put it on linkedin and i started getting slammed with job offers so definitely check out done right resume brother i want to thank you so much for coming on and hanging out um if there's anything i can ever do to help promote you and your business please let me know it would be my honor yeah well richard thank you so much i really appreciate you saying that you had such a good time on my podcast um i really appreciate that because uh i don't i'm i assume everybody that's been on has (laughs) has enjoyed themselves um but i don't really know because i don't maybe i should just ask people but (laughs) um i i really appreciate you saying that especially saying that you've done a lot of you're super prolific, man. I mean, more than me, you know? Um, and uh, I'm really inspired by you just for real, man. Um, now, this may take a couple of weeks because I'm very, I'm backlogged. I mean, yeah, no I'm, worries. I'm putting out an episode a day. Yeah. And, oh, and I, take your I, time, man. Whatever works for you. I yeah. got like 50 in the hopper. So, but I so will... where do you, Richard, where do you get all these people? Like, what's your strategy? Well, do you well, have like, a strategy, I, like a... Or is it written down or no? I just I look on LinkedIn and like if I see somebody that's 
has a book that's coming out, you know, I'll message him and I'll say, Hey, you know, I mean, and me, you know, me and Max, we just talked about this. There's two ways I've seen people go at it. You know, I can, I've seen one way where I can go to a guy. I say, if I emailed you on LinkedIn, Hey bro, you know, I'm the top, I'm the number eight veteran podcast in the world. How about you come on? You'd probably look at me and be like, man, what an a-hole, you know, or <laughs> I said, Hey, yeah. um, you know, we are the, the number podcast in the world. And we have a reach of almost up to 1.4 million uh, veterans. I would love to have you come on and promote your book and talk to us about your mission. Would you mind coming on? Mm-hmm. And people are like, wait a minute. He's not talking about himself. He wants to get my book promoted. He wants to get my story out there. So that's the way I do it. And I, I'm consciously looking for people. Like, And I've actually seen, like I seen one guy, his name was Rich Devinney, and he was on a, uh, a top five podcast in the world. And I, I listened to his episode and I'm like, hey, how about I reach out to that guy? So I just reached out to him and he was on my show the next week. So sometimes I just listen to other podcasts and be like, hey, you know, that'd be a great guest. I would love to, you know, have him on my show. And then I would talk to the host and see if they would hook us up. And 99% of the time they'll do it, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, LinkedIn's probably a good strategy. I'm on LinkedIn, but I've, I, I, I might start using that because um, it's obviously professional people, you know. It's like businesses, you know. So that's yeah. awesome. All right, my brother. Well, have an amazing week, and just know I love you, and I appreciate you, brother. I love you too, man. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, whenever you publish this, just let me know. I'll I'll promote it, and uh, I appreciate sure, it. And I'm sure we'll be talking before way before that. Of course, of course. All right, brother. All right. Okay. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.